Hello, welcome back to Out of the Ordinary. Welcome to Series 2 of Out of the Ordinary. What a landmark to achieve a second series. It was only me, really, that was in control of that, but, you know, I've given, <laughs> I've given myself that privilege. It is so lovely to have all of you back listening again, I hope, anyway, to Series 2 of Out of the Ordinary. Series 1, for me, was a very important thing to achieve, to put out there, to do for myself, but also for others. Um, I feel very proud of the first series of this podcast. Uh, For myself, especially for putting it out there and, you know, making content that I hope really does reach out to everyone, not just autistic people or the autistic community, but everybody who may just want to learn more or open up them, their minds to, to to learning and education and awareness. Um, you know, that's really been something that I'm I'm very, very proud of and I want to do more of. I want to I want to take that and run with it even more in the future. And with this second series, I really feel like that's going to happen even more. And it, when I said it wasn't, it was obviously primarily for me, it was this podcast started as an idea that I had in my mind for a while and um, I shared the idea of starting an autism podcast with somebody very special to me um, and they at the time gave me such great encouragement to do this and to run with it and go with it and put it out there and you know uh, make a make a kind of a stamp on the world of odd co- uh, oddcasting. <laughs> That's not a word. Autism podcasting, and I'm yeah. <laughs> Without going into too much detail, I've I feel proud of myself. I feel proud of all of you, all my listeners, all the people that have reached into this podcast environment and have told me they feel safe, have told me they feel comfortable, have told me they feel educated or reassured or that they have a somewhere to go that they can just listen and, you know, feel like they're understood or appreciated and that means the world. And, you know, to the person that encouraged me to really go for this, yeah, I might not ever find out, but I hope they're proud too, so... um, that's just kind of an introduction of what I wanted to say because I I just I really wanted to just reflect on series one before we move on to the, the good stuff that's coming from series two. It was only, you know, six episodes really if you include the bonus, but they all mean a lot to me and I hope they mean something to you as well. So thank you so much for having consumed them as 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 you have done. And it's a great start. It was a great start. But it's now series two. It's a brand new series of brand new episodes, lots of new topics to talk about. And it's not just me. It's not just me this time. You're not just going to be listening to my beautiful tones. (laughs) Just this series. It's not just going to be me. I'm going to be joined by some really, really great guests and hopefully as well crossing paths and collaborating with some other 
amazingly wonderful podcasters and uh, people who are essentially doing the same thing in their own amazing, beautiful ways, which can only be a good thing. I am so excited to get that in place, in motion, because, you know, it's going to be so great for, for you guys to hear someone else's perspectives and someone else's, you know, viewpoints and, 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 and for me as well. You know, it's going to be great for me to have a chat with people about lots of different things connected to autism. I'm really excited about that. And I think whereas series one was perhaps more about getting to know me a bit more and hearing my side of things that will still be the case in series two I'll just have someone to to kind of bounce off sometimes and and it'll be really important to share these such important conversations and perspectives etc with others connected to this this kind of world as well which is so exciting which is, is, is such a positive and I'm really really looking forward to that so uh, you can expect at least eight episodes from series two. There'll be at least eight. So there's an increase in episode count. Like I said, not all of them will just be me. There will be other people uh, present or there may be collaborations going on. But I will keep you up to date with what's happening um, as best as possible. Um, what, I, what I will say uh, before we get started on today's particular topic is if you haven't already, I know that there's, I mean, to me, it's a lot of people. I've got uh, about 130 followers now on the Out of the Ordinary podcast Instagram page. Um, if you haven't already and you are on Instagram, please feel free to follow me because I do post updates about episodes, uh, topic changes, that kind of thing. Um, so that's going to be on there tonight or today or this afternoon or whenever you're listening to this podcast. We are talking about a brand new topic talking about masking. Now, a lot of people in the outside world, or the neurotypical world, if you want to call it that, aren't aware of what masking is as a uh, an experience or process or a trait of being an autistic person. Masking is something that I think still eludes a lot of people, which in, in fairness, you know, it's not really talked about or discussed in the mainstream. So uh, for a lot of the, those cases, why would they know? I want to start just on a kind of... Um, theoretical descriptive level just to kind of get into if if you are one of those people or if you're somebody that isn't that clued up in terms of autism and masking what that means what that looks like etc um i thought i'd just start with some help from some research uh which has been made available through the autism society um which i have kind of at my disposal, just to kind of cover the, the the professional terms, if you like, in inverted commas. So, what is masking? Well, masking. To mask or to camouflage means to hide or disguise parts of yourself in order to better fit in with those around you. It's an unconscious strategy all humans develop whilst growing up in order to connect with those around us. However, and this is the, the important thing, however underlined. For autistic people, the strategy is often much more ingrained and harmful to well-being and health. Because our social norms are different to others around us, we often experience greater pressure to hide our true selves and to fit into that non-autistic culture and society. More often than not, we have to spend our entire lives hiding our traits and trying to fit in even though the odds of appearing non-autistic are against us 
So masking may involve suppressing certain behaviours we find soothing. That could be, I don't know, it could be rocking, it could be uh, clicking or tapping or something. Basically think of stuff that you know helps you, you helps to regulate you, helps to soothe you, but uh, to the outside world or to another external perspective might look a bit weird, might be questioned, might be considered a bit crazy, um, just generally socially not acceptable, if that's uh, if that makes sense. So masking um, may involve suppressing certain behaviours, as I said, that, that are considered weird. Um, and stimming is a really big word, if anyone's ever heard of stimming. Um, that basically just means to kind of stimulate yourself. So um, one of my biggest uh, examples of how I sometimes stim is I'm quite a big rocker. I've been somebody who rocks, physically rocks, sort of back and forward or side to side or that kind of thing. Um, during moments where I'm stressed um, or anxious or worried about something, you might find me just sat there, just having a bit of a rock, just either in the in the chair or or, or whatever. And um, that's called stimming. So you're essentially trying to stimulate yourself um, either in an effort to calm down or, you know, kind of self-soothe or process or just cope in the environment that you're in um, and, and to you you know there's a purpose for it you know that there's a, a logic to it but obviously to the outside perspective to your external peers or individuals it might just look a little bit like what's wrong with that dude um, and I think this is where we get onto the conversation about why masking is so kind of in, in ingrained um, in there because obviously you can't for a lot of us, I think a lot a lot of people feel that they can't express behaviours like stimming or processes like I need to kind of stimulate myself to keep keep calm or keep regulated or keep going where I am. Because people will look at us, people will say stuff, people will, it's that, it's that fear of, of the, the, the perspectives. Um, so it can also mean mimicking the behaviour of those around us such as copying non-verbal behaviours, developing complex social scripts, if you like, to get through uh, social situations. So when I talk about um, mimicking, so mimicking ties in with masking, so masking and mimicking. Um, mimicking is more about the process of essentially, I guess, analysing your environment, analysing other human beings around you, seeing what they do, seeing what works for them, seeing how they behave, how they talk, how they form social sentence structures, um, even just mannerisms or behaviours, things that you notice that you think, ah, okay, even just unconsciously, as we said the word unconsciously earlier on, even just things that you can look at and think, well, it's working for them, maybe it'll work for me. Can I adapt that? Can I borrow that? Can I kind of um, mimic that almost? Can I mimic that to become part of my repertoire? my process so that if it works for that person it might work for me it's kind of a a sense of hope from others through mimicking that you think okay well if it works for these people then it's going to work for me and I won't have to worry as much um so the trouble with this is of course it comes with a great need to be like others and to avoid that prejudice and the judgment that comes from being different you know Again, I'm using inverted commas with that word different. Um, over time, it can become, we can become more aware of our own masking. So it be can become more kind of front and centre conscious you, that you're doing it or you're aware of it. It often begins as a, an unconscious response to kind of social traumas or social difficulties and struggles before we even grasp our own differences. 
Um, it's only usually when you're becoming older, perhaps, that you're actually starting to notice, well, A, you're starting to educate yourself as to what masking is, which I think a lot of autistic people, especially autistic adults who've been diagnosed later, have really struggled to understand what it what it was they were doing or what it was they were kind of falling back on or relying on. Um, I include myself in that. You know, I was 27 when someone first told me that, uh, you know, that they thought I was autistic and something only in the years since uh, have I dived in, delved into the world of, of autism and really understood some of these terms, you know, like masking, like someone said to me, do you mask? I said, I don't even know what that means. I mean, what, what does that mean? And, and it's only when you start from that position and almost work backwards on yourself, really, that you you learn that, yes, that is a process. Yes, that is a trait that you've had to whatever degree or or however much you've used it. And, more, and then you start to explore why you needed to use it. It's only when you go through that that you realise just how significant masking has been. And and, so, and and to be honest, for a lot of us, continues to be. Um, even if you've had your diagnosis, even if you're fully aware of who you are or, you know, you're aware of your traits, you're aware of your strengths and your weaknesses and all that kind of stuff, masking still still plays a role. So it's not easy to shake off um, because, like it said earlier, we, it becomes such an ingrained way to exist and get through day-to-day life that something that has been ingrained for such a long time if you think about it going back to a child depending on how old you are very difficult to come out of that uh, you know as 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 you went into it if that makes sense um as i said so it often begins as an unconscious response to, to 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 those difficulties or perhaps particular sort of examples of social trauma or embarrassment or kind of rejection that kind of thing um it's only through kind of learning more about masking as i say that you realize how much that's been hidden from you and from others around you um and i think a lot of people the biggest misconception people will say about um especially about autistic adults who are diagnosed later is okay well you've made it this fast you can't be that bad or You've gone, you know, you've made it to your 20s, you made it to your 30s. I mean, God forbid, some people out there have, have not got their, not had their awareness or their diagnosis until they're much, much older. And of course, you know, the typical response from a lot of people will be, OK, well, you, you've made it this far in life, so you must be OK. You must have managed, you know, it, it can't be that bad. But what those people don't appreciate or understand is how you got there what that's meant, what you've sacrificed, what you've lost, what you've, how much energy you've expended, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, how much of that time that you've so-called made it through unscathed, how much of that time were you actually yourself? How much of that time were you actually projecting the true version of yourself to the outside world and your external peers? How much of that time were you genuinely putting your well-being, your perspectives, your wants, needs and desires at the forefront? How much of that time were you doing all of that? So how kind of, yeah, I mean, how, how kind of true to you was that time spent, if that makes sense? And I think that's one of the biggest things that comes out of a potential diagnosis or just even being made aware of the fact that you, you that you're autistic is something like masking 
helps you. It's a process and it takes a long time and it's still happening for me. You know, it's still, I'm still having that process of even looking at things in, in the past. I mean, I've done a lot of this work already, but even looking at things in the past and thinking, Christ, you know, I mean, that, that, that was such an important thing that I relied on without even realising I was relying on it or even realising what it was. Um, and it's a bit of a shocker. It's a bit of a shocker. It's a shocker to realise that about yourself in time you've already gone through, in time you've already seen pass you by. Because, you know, it's, it's unfortunately the way that things have worked and still in, in some respects continue to work is that autism goes undetected with other people sure but it goes undetected with the people that it affects as well at the same time I mean like I said I didn't find out till I was 27 until somebody said okay sit down let's talk about this properly let's have a real proper look at this and examine it when I thought shit you know um, <laughs> and you know I'm 31 years old now and that, that process has, has taken a few years to really work through and, and really unravel and examine under the microscope and masking is such a huge example of that you know um so it's really important to to consider and, and and when you do get those comments like you know you've made it this far you must be all right it can't be that big a deal I guess that's my response I guess that's my response is can you you know to someone who says they're not autistic and says oh you've not done too badly or can you honestly say that you've ever had to pretend to not be you or can you honestly say and don't get me wrong neurotypical people will will like I said will struggle sometimes themselves especially with mental health something like anxiety or depression very common to pretend you're okay when you're not very common to pretend that you're comfortable in I don't know social situations that you don't really want to be in and um, this isn't I think that's where we differentiate like it said earlier you know to mask or to camouflage means to hide or disguise parts of yourself in order to better, better fit in around you um, all humans develop that but of course the difference with autism is it's more much more strategized it's much more ingrained and of course the thing I think you really need to, to really keep in your mindset is the harm that that does you know the, the harm that does to to somebody who is existing with autism on, on both well-being and, and of course general health that's really important to remember I suppose the strategy of masking shows just how clever and resourceful our minds are at finding ways to cope, to adapt, to adjust, to assimilate, I think is a good word. Um, you know, I think, and I think, think about it in other practical, helpful ways. At some point in your life, uh, like a job interview, it might actually be really useful. Um, I think when we talk about things like autistic traits, such as the ability when you're masking, people assume that it's an autistic trait, so it must be a negative. Not always. Let's be honest. Not always. The ability to mask can be a helpful tool. Of course, the problem we're talking about here is, is the almost the over-reliance and the necessity part of that process that's needed which essentially what we're talking about is shouldn't be needed as much or as frequent as it is for a lot of autistic people. Now, you could expect the, the typical response perhaps to be, OK, well, if autistic people have the ability to mask or mimic others to adapt, survive and get through life, what's the problem? What's the issue? Well, think of it this way. Just because a coping strategy can be useful and has 
the ability to positively affect sometimes. It doesn't mean it always will be. It doesn't mean it, that will always remain the case or always continue to be the case. So there's been a lot of studies carried out, certainly in recent years, uh, that have sort of begun to look at how masking can have such a detrimental effect on the mental health of individuals that come to rely upon it. Um, autistic people who mask more show higher, more frequent signs of anxiety and depression. And the strategy may even be linked in an increase in suicidal uh, behaviours among those who rely on it so much. Um, now, according to the research, again, you know, this is research that's out there available. If you want to look at it, it stretches back um, from the research that I've had or, or kind of seen it stretching back to at least the earliest point of 2018. So this is kind of the last five years. Um, so several reasons why this could be. Firstly, masking, if you think about it, uses up vital resources that we can't therefore use in other areas of life. So I suppose if you put it in a more simpler term, it's exhausting. Um, I mean, I myself can say that I find battling um, things like autistic burnout. We obviously talked to, in, about burnout in the last series. Um, battling autistic burnout periods, patches or, you know, moments, um, periods of mental health crises from the strain of trying to adapt to a, to live in a world that isn't just just isn't typically adjusted for, for someone with my way of thinking or my way of viewing the world or those the, how those perspectives translate into that world is exhausting it's exhausting and you know masking yes can be an effective strategy can be a very very important tool in your belt that you walk around and carry around with all the time but don't for one second think that continuous repetitive masking does not detriment your mental well-being uh, especially you know it's, it, it takes a lot out it, it's a bit like I always use the analogy of um, kind of if you're in a if, if you fill a car up with petrol or diesel or whatever you want to whatever you fill your car up with um, some of as you're traveling along in that car some things you do in that car are going to take are going to guzzle more more of your petrol more of your diesel than other things um, it might be that you've I don't know you, a lot of people drive cars. You can think of those in those examples, um, but using certain maneuvers, etc., strategies will use up more energy than others. But in an autistic perspective, that energy capacity that you filled your tank up with goes down much faster than it would perhaps if you're neurotypical. You're using more energy because more energy is required for what you need to do or to invest in or to get through so you're guzzling more energy than perhaps uh somebody who isn't autistic you, you're comparing yourselves to and it goes down quicker and you use it up more and more is needed uh to be expended to get through those tasks or those processes so you're essentially filling up but you're getting less you're getting less bang for your buck pretty much is the best way to describe it um so also, I think if we look at it, it stops. What does masking do that's to our detriment? I'll tell you what it does that's to our detriment. It stops us as autistic people from developing our true, proper, genuine identities. Think about that for a second. I mean, if you're not autistic and you're listening to that, think about that for a second and think, whoa, that's significant. Of course it is. The pressure to fit in, 
means there's rarely enough time or energy to do the things that maybe we want to do or we like to do or to behave in the way that truly we want to or feel is natural. Um, I mean, like I said, you know, when I was 27, late 20s, I realised how little as a person I'd really given myself the time or the space or the awareness to be. It's only, it literally is only in that last period of four years that it's it started this ball rolling that even now I'm sat here recording this podcast in June 2023 the person I was in (laughs) this sounds mad but it's so true the person I was in January February of 2023 is not the person sitting here in June 2023 I think that's if that translate over over to you how much this learning process takes when you're trying to find out who exactly are you really when you take your masks off when you take your strategies away when you prioritize being yourself um but i suppose what my point is i'm making is that masking for anyone who ever says that masking well if you've got it just use it and what you're moaning about Masking doesn't come without uh, its downsides, without its consequences, without its pitfalls. And, you know, it's... People always say, once you're able to stop masking and be yourself, things will inevitably get much easier. And that may be true long term. The point I was trying to make is that if you assume that once you stop masking and you just own and walk in the shoes of your actual self that you've been all along but just hidden for so long, it's scary because you're not used to being proper true you. You're you're not you've not been at that proper driving wheel before because you've been so busy putting on different masks and driving other versions of yourself. You know, hundreds of versions of yourself for the whole time you've been alive. That actually, when someone says, take take this wheel, this is this is proper you, this is proper yourself, you're in control of this wheel now, go for it, don't hold back. It's overwhelming, it's intimidating, it's confusing, it's scary, it's, it, it's, it's, it's the person you've, that's been there all along that you've just never acknowledged that much. And that takes time. It takes time to get a grip on that. It takes time to understand who that person is, what that person thinks, how that person feels, what that person's values are, the, you know, what's important to them, how they behave, how they, how they react to stuff. And for a, you know, for a long time at the beginning, when you're first starting to properly do that, and I and I I say that this year was a big example of me having that thrust upon me that you mess up at the start because you're flying a bit blind. Um, So to anyone that says that, you know, if you don't like masking and you don't have to mask anymore, well, it's fine, you can just go to being true you and there'll be no problems, there'll be no issues. No, it's not that simple. It is just not that simple. So in one of the recent sort of studies that was carried out and conducted, um, the results suggested findings that masking 
didn't actually change the judgments that non-autistic people made towards autistic people's social behaviours. So even in a scenario or a case where an autistic person is actively masking, um, it found that non-autistic people would still rate them more harshly than their other non-autistic peers. Um, now, what that kind of suggests, I don't know, is maybe... Um, it's a bit like that thing about, um, I mentioned a little bit, not in much detail, because again, I'm talking about my teenage years, this series, in fact, but um, it's a bit, a little bit like school. It's almost like uh, school's a really good example of somewhere, especially when I was uh, of school age, I don't know what it's like now, but I can't imagine it's changed that drastically, is it is almost like a, a, a culture or a, a society that, any form of difference, any form of non-conformity or not being traditionally normal. It's like the other kids at school could just sniff you out. It's like they just knew, what, no matter what you did, to hide it, disguise it, keep it from them or blend in. It's like any aspect of being different from the norm, they could sniff out Um I guess is maybe maybe that's what people are saying that they experience in in that particular element of the the research carried out um so I think it's when we're talking about masking specifically I mean how does it change how do we change the the world how do we change society and how do we change culture so that autistic people don't have to rely on something like masking as much or as frequently or as kind of prominently as they as they might do really one of the best solutions one of the best weapons not weapons that sounds a bit violent one of the best ways to reduce the need for autistic people to mask in general is to spread awareness to everyone say autistic people non-autistic people especially non-autistic people um spreading that awareness and and encouraging that acceptance of different neurodiverse behaviors and thought patterns you know when non-autistic people know someone is autistic they you know typically there's i think a lot more nowadays there's a hearing that you know when if i tell new people that i'm autistic um they tend to lean towards judging you less less harshly than they might have done if they hadn't have known or they'll be a bit more accommodating a bit more understanding just try and they just try and take a step back perhaps and, and look at, at that element of you as well as your overall character um the strategy overall is not an easy one i think there's a reason i'm doing this podcast of course as i said at the beginning um you know this podcast is one tool in the arsenal of one human being to try and improve the society this person me lives in to you know increase awareness of autism and acceptance of autism in our society that we live in and the world that we live in and this is one tool um it's not an easy strategy it's not it's just not sometimes it's like banging your head against a brick wall and i know that there will potentially be people that listen to this podcast and all the many other autism podcasts out there they'll listen to this stuff and think god i didn't know that god that sounds hard god that's that's a that's a new one on me and then they'll forget all about it and go on with their day um and that's not that's not me having to go that's not me criticizing it's just it's it's something that we can all 
have in our sphere of awareness, whether we're autistic or not. Um, but that is, is such a it's such a powerful strategy, I think, in terms of, okay, well, I live in a society of people where some people are autistic and sometimes that autism has comes with X, Y, and Z. What can I do as another human being just to make accommodations, adjustments, understandings? You know, what can I do? Um, you know, <laughs> this is such a off-the-cuff thing. So I... Um, I go to so I go to a gym, uh, and uh, one of the things that from did the differences now compared to when I used to go to the gym years ago is um, obviously now we've all got apps for everything. So my gym has an app where I can kind of book classes and um, you know check in if I want to if I want a personal trainer class or that kind of thing. It's got all the, the those sort of features on. One of the features that my gym uses that to anyone else would probably be really innocuous, really, it's kind of like, what the, what the hell's the point in telling me that? Um, uh, my gym, on its uh, official app, has a feature that tells you, before you go to the gym, it tells you how many people are in that building right now. How many people have passed through the security and are in that building as were, you know, a lot of people, especially non-autistic people, they might think, why the why the fuck do I need to know that? Why do I need, why do I care how many people are in the gym? To me, existing alongside autism, going to an environment like the gym is, you know, can be hard, can be intimidating, can be daunting, can be, um, you know, stimulation wise, can be quite challenging sometimes. But also being around big big quantities crowds numbers of other people can be a real sticking point in any context <laughs> i can't i can't tell you enough how that one tiny feature on one app for one brand of gym makes a difference to me to know before i go through those doors how many other human beings am I going to exist in the same space as for however long I'm in the gym? Um, it helps me to plan when I go to the gym. It helps me to to realise when it's probably not the best time of day for me to go. It helps me to gauge, um, you know, what measures am I going to need just to keep me concentrating, keep me going, keep me focused on what I, what I want to do. Um, it's such a tiny throwaway thing that most people would think that's completely pointless, why do you bother? But it's that sort of example of something that has been implemented, probably not even, it's probably not even an autism thing, it's probably just, a, I don't know, maybe it, it was introduced during, I don't know, something like COVID maybe, um, and it's just stuck around. It's fantastic. And I rely on it. I, I love that feature. I probably probably spend more of my time thinking, I'm right, I'm going to the gym today. Let me just check how many people are in the gym right now. And if it's 36, I'll give it a miss. If it's 10, I'm off. I'm down the gym. See you later. You know, 
because when people when we have these conversations and we have these conversations i mean i've had these conversations with some people in big senior roles of companies or organizations or even charities and they go well yeah you know mm, yeah we'd love to help and you know increase in awareness and acceptance of people who are autistic and yeah we'd love to do this but mm, yeah what can we do what can we do you know i don't know if we've got the time i don't know if we've got the budget i don't know if we've got this or that it's like do you know what some of the best things you can do are completely free and so unbelievably tiny to you but to me they could be massive. They could be massive. And even you just listening to a podcast about autism, you might think is completely, you know, oh, that's 45 minutes of my time. Like, what am I going to learn? What am I going to get out of it? Even if you just get one fragment of something you didn't know before you listened to the podcast. That's what we want. That's what we need. That is going to be a huge tool as a solution to improving things. That's my rant over. It's the first episode of series two and I'm, I've already had, you know, a couple of a couple of little ranty moments. It's just let's just roll with it. Let's just roll with it. Um, so the only, only kind of the only other option aside from that, for the time being, at least, is for autistic people, people who exist with autism as part of their lives, is to focus on protecting ourselves and improving our own mental health and well-being if it's not going to come from anywhere else. So that doesn't mean necessarily stopping masking altogether, kaput, finito, done. Um, it just means being more aware of how we use the strategy. Um, so I think, you know, having that over-reliance on some... Having an over-reliance on anything can sometimes be detrimental or damaging or can perhaps work against you. Um, but the education of oneself around how they use masking or how they need to mask is a great first step to changing your relationship with it and to becoming more aware of okay actually can I can I fill that tank of petrol or diesel back up not not necessarily fill it back up but can I find ways to conserve that tank so that I'm using less big quantities at a time um you know, sometimes I'll use up a chunk because I'm going to need to mask through that because that's the only way at the moment, at the moment at least, I know how to get through X, Y and Z. But can I change that relationship? Can I find ways? And I'll, ultimately, if no one else is going gonna, is gonna to step in, if awareness isn't going to improve or acceptance isn't going to improve quick enough, then it's that that autistic people have to fall back on. It's that kind of thing, which, you know, if we're being honest, is it fair? No, it's not fair. Of course it's not. There's a lot of things about an autistic person living in a society that essentially is not catered towards them that are not fair. Um, and, you know, that's that's one of the things that this podcast aims to point out and, and put on display. But I mean, self-awareness is 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 a key, is a key thing. Um, and you learn, I mean, what have I learned from self-awareness in the process of these last few years around something like how I mask or how I've always been masking? Self-compassion and kindness to yourself to kind of rid those elements of the stigma that we've got internalized maybe from because don't get me wrong when you look back on your life and you think how many versions of myself have I been how many versions have I projected to these people to that person to this place in that environment and you know how many jacks have I put out there in my past 
And what comes from that is shame. What comes from that is guilt. What comes from that is stigma. Because you feel like a fraud. You feel like a fake. You feel like you've never actually once stood there in life and just allowed yourself to come through naturally. And that's 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 essentially when people say, you've learned to mask, you've got masking, what are you moaning about? You know, look at the consequence. Look at what that actually means and how that feels for somebody who's had to rely on that, consciously or unconsciously. Look at the, the you know... The result of that can be shocking. Um, you know, the worse we feel about ourselves, the more we mask. And so all that, that kind of, all that's doing is to our detriment. The more, the worse you feel about yourself, the more stigma, the more shame, the more guilt you feel, the more you feel, I've got to keep masking, I've just got to keep going, I've got to keep not being myself because, you know, what? who am I? What am I? That's, it's those sort of questions that pop into people's heads and I think that's so so tragic um and of course it's a vicious cycle because you know the the more of that internalized stigma there is the more that we feel we need to mask and the more we feel we need to mask the worse we feel by needing to mask so it's that circle that vicious cycle going round and round and round but learning that key element of self-awareness and giving yourself the opportunity to find out actually who are you i need that space i need that time i need that that self-reflection and that awareness back at me so that I can do the work, I can find out the answers and I can put that front and centre no matter what. You know, I'm not saying masking will just disappear forever because it probably won't. You'll probably need masking in some respect to get through certain elements, areas, examples of, of life. But if you change your, with changing the relationship, then that's different from being over-reliant if that if that all makes sense it might have been a bit rambly but you know <laughs> again i could sit here and mask my way through my own podcast and pretend to be another version of jack that might be more exciting to listen to for example or might be more confident or engaging or you know intuitive or whatever but then whose podcast is this is it mine is it mine as jack's as of june 2023 or is it some other version of me that actually when i turn the record button off won't be here so many so many podcasters so many youtubers so many content creators mask or kind of mimic or project versions of themselves they're just not they're just not those people and why do they do it to be accepted to be validated but of course we're talking about autism and it goes deeper with autism. It's about survival. It's about strategizing to exist. Continually exist. And we've talked about, you know, we've talked about the pluses and the many minuses of that in this episode. And I hope it makes a bit of sense. <laughs> One thing you'll get from me as a podcaster is, especially now, you know, especially since the beginning of this year, especially now we're in summer 2023, is all that work culminates in who am I actually? Who am I here to be? What am I here to bring? So there we go. 
So, yeah, masking. It's an introduction. It's uh, an overview of the topic itself. But if you've got more questions about masking, there is information out there. There's information I can give you, of course, but then this podcast will go on for hours and hours and hours. And again, like every topic we talk about, like I said in series one, it won't just be the first and only time I talk about one particular topic. Masking comes into so many different areas of being autistic and incorporates into other topics that it will pop up. But at least perhaps now you know a little bit more about it so that if it does come up in another conversation or another episode or another topic, you'll go, ah, I know a little bit more about that. And that's essentially the purpose of introducing the topic itself in this episode. So thank you for listening to the brand new first episode of this second series of Out of the Ordinary. Every episode from series one of Out of the Ordinary is available to listen back to at any time you wish to. You can find Out of the Ordinary on Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Google Podcasts. That's a new one. You can find it on Spotify. And do you know what? However you get your podcasts, you'll probably find that by now I'm out there somewhere. So please give us a look. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, please feel free to follow me on Instagram so you don't miss out on any additional announcements, contents or changes that may come into place in terms of scheduling. But yeah, as I said, all of the episodes from series one, including the bonus Q&A episode, which if you haven't checked out yet, please, please feel free to, because that honestly was such a great bit of fun to record. Um, I, I really enjoyed that and I know a lot of people missed it. But if you have missed it, please feel free to go back and check it out because it tells you a lot, actually a little bit more about me as well as as a as an individual. And, you know, I think that's important if we're going to spend time together each week on a, on this podcast. So please feel free to do that. Series two continues next episode. And I won't tell you too much about next episode, but I will tell you that it's a very, very important thing to discuss in terms of being an autistic adult, especially in the world. But we've got lots of different exciting topics and conversations to be having this series. And like I said, not just with me. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for using your time to listen to my ramblings and my passionate monologues. I really do appreciate it. But until the next time, thanks so much for joining. I'll catch you all very, very soon. Thank you.